Welcome back in Rule One Podcast. Brian Spratt alongside my partner, Nathan Smothers. And this week we have a very cool guest star partner. Yeah, we have uh, Sam Whitmire. He's from uh, Babson Park, Florida. He's a professional fisherman. And welcome on, Sam. Yeah, thanks for having me on, y'all. Yeah, so a little background about Sam. Um, we talked about his uh, fishing background. He does a little bit in real estate. Um, but Sam, let's uh, let's kind of dive in, kind of how'd you get started in fishing? I mean, you've done it your whole life, but on a competitive scale, how, how'd that? So ha- I've always loved fishing, man. It's just something that I always kind of had a knack for. You know, I played sports growing up, but I'm on the shorter side, and now I'm also on the overweight side. Fishing <laughs> seemed like I was always, you know, it's something that I was excelling at a little bit better than my hometown crew. You know, we were just mm-hmm. throwing worms at the bank. Everybody threw a purple worm growing up, but it seemed like I'd get more bites and catch more fish. So, uh, you know, middle school, beginning of high school, my dad looks at me one day and he's like, you know, you're better at, better than this at me than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're better than all my buddies are. You're better than all your friends are. Why don't you try and like make some money at it? I was like, you know, why not? I, I didn't even think about it. So we showed up uh, to a tournament. My dad just had a 14-foot bass or a John boat. He called it the Ash Tracker. <laughs> and uh, we showed up to Camp Mac one day for a tournament. It was the high school cheerleaders have a benefit tournament every year. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we show up, and, man, I, we get there, and all I've ever fished out of is this 14-foot John boat that's painted uh, green because we're duck hunting out of it, too, you know. And we showed up, and, man, here's all these bass boats with the shiny fiberglass, and everybody just looks so, you know, I just I was like, oh, my God, there's a whole other world out here, and I didn't even know about it. Yeah. So we fished the tournament. We catch, like, 14 pounds, but I thought we had a sack. I was like, dang, Dad, we can win, like, we, you know, yeah. more than double our weight it took to win that tournament. But it was just so cool, and I really just kind of fell in love with the aspect of tournament fishing. It was something that I didn't have to listen to a coach about because I was horrible about listening to coaches all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think me and Smoke can relate to that a yeah. little bit. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. It was something I got to learn on my own. Um, as years progressed, you know, I went to, wanted to fish in college. I always wanted to fish professionally. It was, you know, when we're sitting at home and I'm 13, I'm not – doing what regular 13-year-olds are doing. I'm sending emails to companies with my mom about a, can I get a bag of worms and stuff like, like that. sponsorship. So, yeah, like sponsorship yeah, yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was that was like, I didn't even know that that was that big of a thing at the time. It was just everything I wanted to do kind of revolved around fishing. And uh, dream was always to fish professionally and finally got an opportunity to do it this year. So I went ahead and did it. Heck yeah, man. Hey, dude, what a story. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what I want to highlight here on our podcast is guys and people women all over going after what they want, chasing their dreams. Um, and you did it. I mean, you're a That's, professional fisherman. Yeah, man. I was never, like, as soon as I got out of high school, I took a job at a chuck stop. And I was, I didn't decide to go to college until, like, I missed the first year of college out of high school. I didn't go to college. I went to, went to work at a truck stop. And I was like, man. I'm definitely not doing this for the next 50 years. So, you know, that's kind of when my brain started turning in. You know, you, you really can go for what you want. It's not yeah. that big of a deal. I totally you know? agree. Yeah. You can. You can chase any dream, and that's what we're doing, um, obviously, here, doing this whole thing. Yeah. Um, but it's nice. Like I said, every time we get a guest that says, yeah, I'm chasing my dream. I want to do this, this, and that. It's nice to see people actually doing it because there's a lot of people out there scared to chase their dreams yeah. or – be creative in a sense just because, you know, things go against them. Their well, job frowns upon it. I think, people it or, think that they have to, every waking minute and 
like they have to give up everything and go straight for it. And that's really not the case. Like it takes time for things to happen. It, mm-hmm. Stuff does not happen overnight. You just gradually work towards it. And then eventually one day you're kind of where you want to be. Yeah. So. And it, it's kind of like a moment where you're like, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have to catch myself sometimes because I'm like, I'm sitting on Instagram, you know, reading that rat poison as Nick Saban would call it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, man, why aren't, why aren't we growing bigger? Why aren't we, why, what are we doing wrong? What are we doing wrong? And then I have to sit back and realize, you know what? Our Instagram page has been on 30 days and we've gained, you know, 50 followers. Well, I was like, you know, if I look at it like that, I'm like, well, we might be gaining two, you know, one and a half, two followers a day. If that trend continues for a whole year, we're sitting pretty on Instagram sure. with followers and influence, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay. It's nice to, I just got to stay in the moment. Keep growing, stay in the moment. Yeah, that was a uh, another, you know, exciting point is we try to stay humble and try to, you know, still chase the dreams but still embrace kind of the grind of growing. Um, but, like, a cool thing, our Instagram page has been up for 30 days and we can see kind of the analytics behind it. Um, and we looked the other day and we've reached 4.6 thousand accounts in 30 days. And so five, I checked five. Or this morning it was 5.1. You know, I was like the last 30 days, 5.1 for a new Social media page. That's not bad. Yeah. Can yeah. y'all look at like day to day? So like if you post something and you get a spike. Yeah. 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 So day. like we've been very heavy on our a- analytics on Anchor, the, you know, company slash software that we use to do the podcast. Um, it's sponsored or owned by Spotify. Mm-hmm. And you can see they give you charts on your viewership. You can see every episode we've done so far. First episode we dropped was 20 views the first day. All right, 20 views. Woo, okay. In the next episode, it's 30 views the day it dropped. The next episode, it was 38 views the day it dropped. And the last one we just posted with Trey Matthews, it was 72 day or 72 views the day it's, it dropped. So, like, it's consistently growing. It's mm-hmm. awesome to see. And I love watching analytics like that. All you can do is learn from it. Yeah. yeah. You'll find those little bumps like, oh, why did we have a 200% spike this day? And then yeah. you kind of repeat that. Yep. yep. It's funny how that kind of stuff works, how you can track social media growth. It's crazy. It's a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Sam, um, talking about progression and everything and, and your fishing background, um, you talked about going to college after that. Where You said you ended up going to Polk State? Yeah, I went to Polk State. I fished for Polk State for um, three seasons. Now, look. I graduated at the bottom of my class in high school. I had a 2.3 GPA when I graduated. I did not show up on time for any day of school my entire senior year. Senioritis. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I had a my first period in my senior year. I didn't even know where the class was. I, I, I think I went to it like the first two times, like two times the first week of school and never went back and passed. You know, I knew I had enough credit, so I was just like, ah, screw it. So I went to college, and I knew for a fact I would never get a degree in college, ever. I went to college to fish specifically to get experience traveling around the United States. Well, a lot of, a lot of athletes do that, especially mm-hmm. in the baseball side of things. They're like, you know what? I can either go get a job and try to get a tryout somewhere, or I can go try to play college ball for a year and get picked up. And a lot of guys do that all the time at especially every level. Especially at the junior college level. Yeah, yeah, in Florida. It happens. But... That is cool. That's a so good way to think I about it. I did it because fishing outside of Florida is so much different than fishing in Florida. It's a whole other world. There, You have to deal with uh, dramatic depths. Uh, climate change is ridiculous. The running water. Most of these lakes that I fish are actually just dammed reservoirs. We call them lakes, but they were just a big river, and then they put dams throughout it, and now there's multiple lakes. With tons of fish. 
I mean, tons of fish, and the fish act differently. And there's also yeah. different types of fish. You know, we only have largemouth in Florida. Uh, outside of Florida, there's spotted bass, which some tournaments in Alabama and things like that, Lake Martin, Lake Lanier, they're spotted bass lakes, and they're completely different. They're a lot more aggressive. They move differently. They feed on different fish, depending on whatever the forage is in that lake. And then there's smallmouth bass, which is like, yeah, you know, there's, there's they're just completely different. So I had to get out of sight of Florida to knew that I – like to learn how to compete outside of Florida. I know I can compete in Florida. I've done it my whole life. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that like Polk state offers that kind of program to people mm, like you I that want to do that. I don't know if they do anymore. Oh, okay. Well, that's, <laughs> I, I don't think Polk state has a team anymore, but college fishing is huge. You don't yeah. have to go to Polk state. No. So is high school fishing, by the way. Yes. Um, it, when I was a senior in high school, 2017, that sounds like a long time ago, but it's really not, I guess. But, um, they just started the bass fishing team at Fort Meade High School, and a lot of my friends joined because they wanted something to do through the school, and they got to travel all over the place. And one of my buddies finished, like, second or third in the Bobby Lane Cup, mm-hmm. um, and it brought a lot of attention to him. He had schools looking at him, and he ended up not going anywhere. He didn't want to, but it's cool to see that there's, you know, that route for people to travel to that want to yeah. get to high where you're at. High school fishing has gotten huge. I actually helped start, helped start the Lake Wales high school yeah. fishing team. Uh, I was a sophomore and they voted me in as vice president the first year. So that was cool, but it wasn't near what it is now. We weren't fishing tournaments. We were screwing around down at Tiger Creek Preserve. Well, everything, like everything <laughs> takes time to grow. Yeah, and, it does. And it's just gotten more and more funding and more and more appealing for students to do nowadays. And it's, I, I would love to see it. But my cousin, I think his name, uh, think his name, his name's Micah John. He fishes the Bobby Lane tournament. And I think he finishes that youth circuit that uh, a lot of kids around here do. And he loves it. He goes every weekend. He's fishing on the boat. And he always sends me awesome pictures of big, mm. large mouth bass and stuff. I, like, mm. I would love to see it. I think it's great. Anything to get kids off the damn iPad is perfect. Yeah. So. I mean, we say that about. as we sit here on microphones and headphones. Yeah, but, but we're trying to make a living conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? These kids can't even talk to each other nowadays. So. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit uh, on Polk State. Um, you said you kind of struggled in the academic department. Did you have to meet a certain GPA while you were fishing there? Yeah, I had to maintain a 2.0. But the last year I was there, like I had the 2.0 up until it mattered, and then I was like, okay, I'm going back to work. Yeah. So I like just – didn't, and go to go to school, kids. Don't listen to me. Don't, don't listen to anything I say today. I'm not credible whatsoever. Well, I think if we all three had to answer this question here, raise your hand if your GPA got below a 2.0 in college. Oh yeah, mine definitely. When like, I yeah. left, it was uh, I had one D in one class, so I think I had a point five. <laughs> some were zeros, so F. remember on the episode what was it one that we were talking about our college gpas oh yeah the lowest i got was a 1.8 i hit i hit rock bottom there i was like finding a new school i was like dang it's gonna be pretty hard like yeah. who's gonna want to yeah. take in this school, rehab school project not for me man schools coaches anything anybody telling me what to do ever is that <laughs> kind of thing yeah you played uh you played soccer in high school didn't you oh bit? yeah oh yeah so how was that? Did, did, was that kind of spoil your whole coaching deal? Uh, or? No, I mean, needless to say, me and the coach did not get along <laughs> at all. And uh, he didn't like my brother either. So I don't know, man. It just always seemed like there was something up with the coach. I never had a coach that was like, that was a good coach. I still respect him. Maybe like a Little League coach, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've had two, two in my life. Like coaches like that, I'm like, you know what? Well, not counting my pops. Um, I played for him a little bit in my lifetime. Um, but uh I've had two guys that were like, you know, those are good coaches. The other ones, I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. 
And you try to be, like, respectful because, you know, you try to look at it from an outside perspective. And you're like, oh, well, you have, you know, a certain amount of years coaching. But then, you know, it's like, what are we doing here? If you're still coaching a losing team, it's going to be hard for me to listen to you. Yeah, exactly. Or if I've never had really major success. Um, But, yeah, let's – Let's move it towards the uh, how far have you traveled um, in terms of I know you said the whole different um, aspect of fishing outside uh, Florida. So let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit so about that. So this year the farthest I went was uh, Saginaw Bay in Saginaw, Michigan. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on Lake Huron, which is a great lake. Sturgeon up there. No, I think that's a different lake. Oh, um, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just know there's some big fish up north in the freshwater. Yeah, so that was that – was, um, by far the farthest I've traveled, uh, it was uh, like a 19-hour drive from the house. Which, dude, like you get so used to the driving. It's yeah. Like, I, I, I would rather drive to Tennessee than have to go 45 minutes to somewhere around the house. Like it just pisses me off to drive more than well, an hour away from the house without going, going. I yeah. feel like if you have like you invest right and have a nice vehicle, mm-hmm. travel's not that bad on the road nowadays. You if know? you know you got to do it, you just do it. Yeah, yeah. it's a part of it. Like, it's, you're a professional fisherman. It's part of the job. Yeah, it's part of it. You know. So whenever you're uh, when you're in your truck going up to Michigan, like, what do you do to pass the time? Do you listen to any specific music or yeah. podcasts? Or so what? I'm, like, my music genre is crazy. Like, I will literally listen to Taylor Swift or Patsy Cline and then go straight to, like, Slayer or something <laughs> like that. Like, I have no... <laughs> No void in music whatsoever. It's really just like whatever I'm feeling at the time. I'm like, oh, all right, I've listened to all of Taylor Swift's songs 10 times now, so I better turn on something that makes me want to beat my head into the window. But, uh, I listen to podcasts, too. I mean, part, Joe Rogan's a good good way to pass the time. Shout out, Joe. Totally agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Totally but agree. He's number one on the charts, isn't he? All over the I place. A lot. He's yeah, dude. The charts, yeah. yeah, he's he's crazy. I mean, we, we try to, with Joe Rogan, I mean, we try to model a little bit, um, very similar to what he does, but kind of have a different perspective on it. I feel like he set the standard, and we're trying to, you know, follow how to do a podcast where a person like that would notice and be like, all right, you know, that's good production. And do our own, you know, thing, influence our own message, give our own platform to people like you or like Trey or like Anna to talk to people. And that's why we're doing it. Um, He's a good inspiration, though. That dude remembers everything anybody's ever said. It's insane, man. Any topic. I'm like, oh, and then I had this guy on, I'm like, and he said this wild stuff that I'm like, geez, dude, this he is knows, actually smart. Yeah. yeah, he's intelligent, but he knows, like, there's topics on certain episodes. He's talking about astrology with an astrophysicist from New York. And another episode, he's talking from, or to an MMA fighter, like, mm. from Brazil. Mm. Like, you know, it's insane. His knowledge all over the place. It's crazy. I want to get there one day. Yeah, I like how he's done it to like everybody too. There's so many people of interest. Like I love Dave Chappelle. I love comedians. So like Dave Chappelle, Ron White, and those guys. And they go on there and they have a hell of a time and it's funny. And then I also love Jordan Peterson. I don't know if y'all know who that is, but he's like a political guru. He's a um, psychologist. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Just an interesting guy. So it's cool to hear from these walks of different types of walks of life. And then. I can click right off of that and then go learn about black holes and freak out for. You know, <laughs> I like those episodes too. They uh, they they trigger the creativity. Yeah, that's what uh, I think. This is why Brian and I both like it so much. Is it 
kind of gets a whole new perspective. So not only are we interviewing people and trying to educate people on different walks of life, Brian and I get to hear about it and learn from different things. And so whenever we have, you know, we've related a lot of episodes uh, or we'll have people on and relate them back to other episodes, which is really cool um, because not only it's um, kind of cool correlation, but really it's just us gaining knowledge and being able to become better people and more knowledgeable in all different kinds of areas in life. And it's kind of showing everybody that, you know, a lot of us are more like than we think we are, you mm. know, and then we do the same things. We have the same methods. They take us different routes in life, but I think it's weird. I always like, it shocks me that people don't grow up the same exact way that I grew up. Yeah. I'm like, what Honestly. do you mean? You well, on, yeah. You well, it's hard. When you were six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't know how to swim. That yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But there's, it's all over the place. There's different people, yeah. different environments, different mm-hmm. backgrounds, families. It's crazy. Crazy, but that's what we want to highlight. We want to get everybody's cool story. We want to get everybody's cool story, and we will. Especially, we will. Especially being raised in Florida, I feel like we have such a like a rare background because you kind of got like the whole southern countryside. But a lot of like southern states don't consider Florida country or whatever or southern. Like they're like, oh no, it's just Florida. But then you actually come and we've got lots of cattle and citrus and all kinds of stuff. I feel like everybody in Florida is always on vacation mindset. Like yeah. once you cross that state line and you're here in the penis of America, everybody <laughs> is just like, you know, relaxed. I'm in Florida. It's all good here. It's normal. Yeah. It's cool. It's not like wild aggressive thoughts or anything. It's just a fun, relaxed Space, I, I mean, guess. I think some of it, like some people have an accurate mindset on Florida when some guy does something crazy at a Seven Eleven or something like that. Yeah. We don't know yeah. anything of it because the, the Florida man stories, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. It. yeah. It happens. It's crazy. You'll be on Google and see a Florida man story every yeah. 45 we don't seconds. Think about it. Nope. Yeah. Never. Because it don't happen here. Well, and it could be us next week, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, dude, I catch myself thinking all the time, like, putting gas in my vehicle at a 7-Eleven around here. I'm like, man, I'm one, like, straight bullet away or, like, one bad, you know, yeah, moment away know, from maybe being I'll a... pass out behind that Walmart one day. I, who knows? Yeah, I might yeah. be a headline. I'm going to be on, like, I'm going to be a headline. I'm going to be a stat. Like, I don't want that to happen. You're going to be a Florida man. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Oh, man. Yeah, so, uh, Sam, um, kind of back on the fishing thing. Um, you, you love... Um, Fishing in Florida, but is would you rather fish out of state or would you rather stay local? Yeah, 100% would rather fish out of state. It's more fun. All right, I have another, I have a follow-up. Would you rather fish, like, out of state in the U.S., like North America, or would you rather go around, like, the world and try the different waters? I mean, there's, like, bucket list stuff. You know, again, I'm all bass fishing. I don't. Yeah, saltwater. yeah. I mean, yeah. I saltwater fish, but I don't care about it. You know, I just go for the day and drink with my Oh, friends. I love the saltwater fish. Most people do. It's, yeah. I'm a, I'm a niche community guy but yeah i mean there's lakes in japan that i think would be cool to fish but it's not like i'm dying to go over there would you ever have like the desire to go catch like one of those big like arapaima in the amazon one day i don't even know what that is what (laughs) dude i used to watch river monsters as a kid so like i asked that because there's monster fish all over the world and like freshwater it just makes me wonder like what's out there in the salt water somewhere like yeah. It's crazy, yeah, but there's some cool fish in Australia that I'd I'd like to catch. Like I think one of them's called Barramundi, and uh, they seem to be kind of like a bass, but they get a lot bigger and they're a lot more aggressive. So I think that'd be cool. But I'm really not dying to go to Australia either. So. Are there uh, are there any tournaments for like peacock bass down in South Florida? I couldn't tell you. I okay, I've never caught a peacock. 
So really? That, yeah, really? Sure. That's surprising. I'd love to. I would too. I'd like Anybody to try it out there. Take me with you. Yeah. But yeah, I've never. I would like to try it too. Apparently, they're very aggressive, pull very hard. Yeah. It's a fun fight. Well, you would think <laughs> if um, in all these bass tournaments, like if they do smallmouth, speckled, whatever, um, like they would throw in the uh, the peacock too. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't fit 200 boats in one of these little canals in Miami. That's you know true. I didn't even think about that. Maybe it would be like a. a Fish from land only kind of deal. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't show up for that. Yeah. <laughs> I bet if the paycheck was high enough, people would. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah. 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 Speaking of uh, being on the boat, Sam's boat is ridiculous. Have you seen the pictures? Yeah, dude. That was a cool, cool ass pictures. Where was that at? I don't know. You'd have to. Oh, man. It was the. Uh, <laughs> The ones on your Instagram. There's like I a battleship a- in the background. Oh, so that one was at Saginaw, and that's a, a retired naval ship. And that that's was the Michigan badass. place you were talking about. Yeah, in Saginaw, yeah. I bet that, that is pretty cool, man. Yeah, it was, it was a cool event. I uh, I remember like as a kid, I'd have like the professional bass association video game, like on PlayStation, mm-hmm. and there would be a place like that. I have like a battleship and a lake. I'm like, wait. I'm a freshwater fisherman on this game. Yeah. Why is there a that's battleship neat here? To see that, yeah. but so that we took off right there. Like that's where in takeoff is, and there's always an off limits area. Basically, like you can't fish the boat basin where we put our boats in at. Yeah, and so that ship was part of the off limits, and one guy actually got his day one weight DQ'd because he came in and he had like two minutes to make a cast before he checked in. <laughs> he just pitched the bait to the boat and got. And he had a good bag too, so it was kind of it sucks. Kind of irritating, yeah. Mm, it yeah. sucks, man. Have you seen the uh, the news? I don't know where it happened. The weights in the mouth of uh, the bass fishermen, those idiots in uh, Ohio. Yeah, yeah no, man. Those weren't bass fishermen. Those were walleye guys. Yeah, <laughs> bass dude. fishermen would never dare cheat in a tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, go into that a little bit more, Brian. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, dude. There's some. It's like a big, big story up north. Um, two guys that are big on that circuit, like you said, the Wally circuit, I guess, put were putting weights like inside their fish's mouth yeah. for weigh-in. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I know like a lot about it because everybody and their brother, as soon as they saw those guys cheating in that term, they're like, I know a fisherman. Let me send this to Sam. Yeah. So about 100 people sent that. Well, I'm, I'm sure it's like rose red flags all over the place in professional mm-hmm. fishing now because... There's not going to be a judge out there or a weigh-in guy out there that's going to be like, well, man, maybe I should double-check these yeah. fish now. So check those every are mouth. walleye. Um, like, those fish were dead, and that's something that we'll be penalized for. If we weigh in a dead fish, like in my tour, it's a half-a-pound penalty per dead fish you weigh in. Really? Yeah. Okay. So walleye, they were weighing them in dead anyway. Like, you can't shove a 12-ounce lead weight down a no. fish's throat and expect it to live. So, for one, like, bass, there have been stories of cheating bass fishermen for sure. But that was like a little bit over the top. And uh, so the backstory on these guys are from Ohio. They're up on Lake Erie. And th- I was actually just up on Lake Erie. Um, this happened just a couple weeks after I got back from Ohio. And these two guys were like supposed to be like the biggest sticks. Sticks is like a good fisherman um, on Lake Erie. Uh, best walleye fisherman on Lake Erie for like years running at a time. I believe they won like $300,000 this year fishing walleye tournaments only to find out that they were cheating in all of them. We have to expect now. Uh, and on top of boats, you know, they've, they've won Ranger boats before and stuff like that. So to find out that they finally got caught after they've done all this stuff and had to have been cheating the whole time, is it's really, it's raised a lot of red flags. My problem is like, 
I don't want to give a hard time to that tournament director because he seems like a nice, honest guy. Yeah. But tournament director is the guy that – so there's a tournament director and there's an MC who's like, you know, he handles the mic on stage. Sometimes they're the same guy, sometimes they're not. But that MC, he's seen thousands of fish in his career. He's weighed in, you know, all the tournaments they do. If there's 100 boats in each tournament and you do 10 tournaments, you've seen 100 or 1,000. I don't know the math on this. I didn't finish college. But anyway, <laughs> the guy sees a shitload of fish, right? Yeah. So you can kind of tell what's a five-pound fish compared to a seven-pound fish. And if you've got a five-pound fish that for some reason weighs seven pounds, you know, something might be up there. So well, I don't know. I feel like I... If I get on that circuit of like I'm one of those employees, it might just be another day on the job. You know, I'm here working on a Saturday for this, you know, cash flow bonus. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this job sucks. No, Give me those fish. I don't know. I feel like that'd be a pretty cool job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I suck at fishing too bad, I'll try and do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so have you ever seen anything in your realm of people cheating or getting disqualified for certain things? Yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll, I've seen one time in a lake in Georgia a fish box. So it's basically like a dog cage that people have caught fish in during practice, and then they'll put them in that cage and keep them there until the tournament starts. Ah. So when we're rolling out, like when we're blasting off, we have to go through a check-in where they ask us what time we're due back in, but we have to go through with our live wells open. So mm-hmm. they can see that there's no no fish in the live well. So they'll go out there and dump those big fish in the live well, and then act like they caught them that day. And it's annoying. People do all they can to, to screw something. Well, there's like a lot of money involved, man. Yeah. Um, you are um, you're not in the professional bass association fishing. No, you're I fish in, yeah. the national professional fishing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's still a fuck ton of money in that. Like I was looking at the. You know, payouts for mm. tournaments the other day when Smothers told me you're coming on, I was like, Ooh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's never enough, but, you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, there's a big purse out there, man. I, I mean, getting a check for 10 grand for a week's worth of fishing, just like, I think I'm going to keep doing this for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah especially because you got to fish all it's week, too. Addicting. Yeah. So, so um, how do you, uh, so how often do you fish and then, um, and like go to these big tournaments and then, Second question is, what do you do kind of during that time that you have off? Do you have a little, another little side hustle, or how do you make it? So speak? there's six professional tournaments that I fish a year, um, and, there, you know, it's throughout the whole year. Some There's three other – or there's two other tours besides the one that I fish, so three in, you know, all together. And uh, one of them has nine tournaments. The other two have six tournaments a year. So a lot of them they'll fish from, like, February till – maybe September, and that's about as late as they'll go. We, we've we really spanned out throughout the whole year. There'd normally be like a four- or five-month off period, mm-hmm. but we're kind of going the whole year. Um, and when I'm not at a tournament, I'm thinking about the next one. But I sell real estate, too. Like, real estate's my day job for yeah. the most part. You know what I mean? So in terms of, like, doing real estate, is your commission set up? So you're basically paid off a commission, correct? Yeah. Like, per house you sell? Yes. Or whatever. So mm-hmm. – and. Do you try to go after some of like, for instance, the bigger houses so you can get the higher commission and not have to necessarily work as much and be able to focus on um, fishing? Or how does that work? Are you just going to take anything that's kind of handy? So, yeah, I mean, that's part of it. But, I mean, you take what comes to you. You know, you never know. Like, I might be leaving here and one of you guys goes, well, I think I'm about buying my neighbor's house. And I'll be like, okay, I can help with that. Right. That kind of stuff. Or somebody might be like, I think I'm going to sell. And then, you know, you kind of. You just kind of do your job, but yeah, it a lot of it falls in your lap. There's a lot of it that you work for it. Get your name out there is a big thing. Thank God, I you know everybody in town knows my my parents, and that helps a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's just one of those things, and 
you know, I've got a lot of downtime and it works, it works out good for fishing because I don't have to worry about taking off of work for a week, six weeks, a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't listen to a boss anyway. I think we've covered that. So <laughs> it, wor- it's, it works out good for me. I was in sales before I started doing this. I sold cars for three years. And so I kind of cut my teeth, learn how to sell and what makes people click and how to do things the easy way and still make your client happy, which is the goal at the end of the day. So, you know, it just works out for me. Yeah. I love that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, some of these perks that um, are involved in being a professional fisherman. I mean, obviously, we all yeah. see the sponsorships. The big, the, wrapped, nice boat. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, do you get boats from a sponsor? Do you get, you know, rods? Like, how how all does that work? Jeez, Nathan, why don't you just ask me how much I make a year? Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's cool. Uh, it, it's kind of weird because... You know, I've had sponsors in, since before I was professional. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But now that I am, it's kind of, like, easier to get it. Now, one thing for me is, like, you want a sponsor to give you money. You know, that's yeah. that's your ultimate goal is to get a check from these people. And that is not easy to do. Well, but, um, the money goes towards, like, you know, your travel, your food, your expenses. Man. It's not, like, yeah. just gear. You know, it's yeah. nice to get a nice, cool-looking shirt. But it's like, you know what? I need 100 bucks because, you know, tomorrow we got to drive to Michigan and it's yeah. $400 so of gas. It actually ends up being a lot. Like yeah. You need a lot because each one of these tournaments, this isn't like I'm showing up to a baseball game. I've got to pay to play. Yeah. So yeah. each one of these tournaments that I fish is $5,000. So that's thirty grand just entry fees alone before I make a cast. And then I got to have the latest equipment to make sure nothing breaks. You know, you don't want to have some raggedy old boat out there that's going to break down in the middle of a Great Lake because then you get to die. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the travel is expensive, fuels through the roof. You got to stay somewhere for a week that, you know, each tournament you go to, you can count on spending about 2500 bucks extra. Yeah. So I'm, you know, you, you need to, to get by, you really need like 50 grand in sponsorship money a year. That's, that's the goal, 50. That's like, I mean, the goal is as much as they'll do. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, You'll take more. To, to be able to get by, you know yeah. what I mean, to not have to come out of your own pocket. Because really, it's kind of hard to make a living fishing. Because like I said, man, if you got 30 grand sponsorship money, six weeks, I'm not, here I am trying to do math again with no education. But, uh, <laughs> it, it just ends up being a lot of money, and you don't want to, that to come out of your pocket. You know yeah. I mean? So, yeah, it's cool to get a $10,000 check from a tournament until you have to put it towards what you already spent. Mm-hmm. So, you like, know. yeah, man, I just won 10 grand. I was like, well, dang, it was seven grand to come up yeah. here. And so I really came home with three, three. which isn't a terrible week. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An extra three grand in the bank every month's nice. So, yeah. well, you still got to, you still got to get that 10 to get the, the three in the bank. So that is know. very true. It's an ongoing fight, but it's fun. You can't, you can't do it and not love everything about it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's what it takes to be professional in everything. In right. everything. 100%. Well, you mentioned a little bit about, like, the Great Lakes and how kind of treacherous they could be. I know you kind of had a little run in there. You want to talk about that uh, story? Didn't the Coast Guard have to come out? I received more shit for this story than, like, anything I've ever done in my life. From, like, the professional fishing community? Yeah, and just all my buddies. Like, even my dad's (laughs) on it now. You know, like, it sucked when it happened, and it was, like, traumatizing. But now that it's over, everybody's like, oh, you want me to call the Coast Guard for you, little little boy, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I got out on Saginaw on Lake Huron. And I don't know, we keep talking about Lake Huron. I was on Lake Erie, too, and it wasn't that bad. But I got caught out. Man, these these lakes get rough. I mean, it's like Well, those are like there. mini o- oceans. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's, there's still current moving through them. And uh, it's kind of just the way that Saginaw Bay is shaped. It's shaped from southwest to northeast. 
So any way the wind is blowing, it kind of just blows right up and down the lake. It's going to make big wake yeah, no matter huge. what. So I was out. There's uh, there's a group of islands out at the mouth of Saginaw Bay where it just dumps into Lake Huron. And I was out there, and it was blowing like 18 miles an hour. Oh, that's choppy. That's rough. Yeah, I mean, that's not awesome, awesome like in general. But it's normally manageable. But out there, it's like swells, and they're huge. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'd never seen a Great Lake before, and I went out there and got a little freaked out and asked the Coast Guard for a little help. They never showed up. Um, uh, that's how You used your resources, though. That's smart, yeah. though. Like, So, I mean, they were – I was just, like, scared. I was like, look, man, the way this is blowing, if I get swept overboard, I'm going to be in Canada and nobody's ever going to find me. So I didn't, it's not like I was going down and I needed immediate assistance, you know what I mean? Like, come pick me up. I wanted somebody there to, like, make sure I got in okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I don't think is a big of a deal. But I'm by myself in the middle of a Great Lake, and it's 10-foot waves is what they look like, and a bass and boat. Looked, so yeah, and a bass boat's not the biggest, like, on the sides either. Like the, no, You find out pretty quick that they're flat on top. Yeah, So and you're this high off the water. Yeah. That high off the water in it. Um, so I would be pretty sketched out, too, in that rig, yeah. especially in a lake like that with 18-mile-per-hour 18, 18 yeah. winds. And just being by yourself, you can't see land 360 degrees around you. It's rough as hell, and you're in a bass boat. I was like, hmm, not the best situation I found myself in today. So I might <laughs> need some assistance at some point. But they never showed up. I ended up idling through it for like seven or eight miles and finally got back to the ramp. I stayed on the phone with the guy the whole time. You know, yeah. So, uh, and they never even got to me, so I shouldn't have even called them. But (laughs) well, I feel like the Michigan Coast Guard's like probably just hanging out playing dice or chess or something. I kept asking them, like, uh, I was like, when are they going to be here? Like, how how far away are they? And they're like, oh, let me get an update for you. And then, like, we'd go off and talk about something else because they're trying to like keep my mind off the facts or whatever. And I'm like, I was scared, but I wasn't. All right, like, guys, I'm pretty sure out. I navigated out of it. We're uh, we're through the <laughs> yeah. thick of it. Thanks for the help. Go like, back to making y'all sloppy joes. Um, we'll yeah, right. I'll call you next time. Right. <laughs> yeah. so they they finally told me they were like 45 minutes away when I was pulling into the to the boat ramp, and I was like, oh, thanks for thanks for, I guess the phone call. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for checking up. I don't really say kept thanks for straight, nothing though. to the Coast Guard because they help a lot of people, but you know, especially here. Florida, especially down south. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. So have you had, um, in terms of, I mean, being from Florida, have you, it, was that your only kind of experience of like, dang, I might actually be going down here? Or like, I being freaked out in the water. I mean, I've never had that ever. And I've been on the water a lot, like throughout my life. Never had a, a scare, like on the water on the boat. Now, I mean, who hasn't ran out of gas in the middle of the lake before and stuff like that? Yeah, that I've is never true. been so worried that the conditions were so bad that I might not be able to make it back. Well, I, I've even been like in stormy weather out, like in inshore fishing, going to catch snook or redfish, and you'd be like, oh, okay, well, it's a little rough, but it's never been like, okay, well, I don't think I'm going to make it. I need to start calling people. Yeah. We, uh, we went, I was probably about. Nine or ten, um, my family went up to uh, Crystal River, um, and we were scalloping. Um, and obviously, out there, you can run, you know, twenty miles offshore, and I mean, still be in eight foot of water. Um, and so you can still see them. So we're we're probably about twenty five miles off, swimming around, picking up all these scallops, everything like that, going great. Look off into the distance, and all of a sudden, we see some like clouds brewing. And there was supposed to be a tropical storm coming in that way, um, like within a week. And so, I guess it was kind of a band or something coming off, coming off. 
So we start headed in, and all of a sudden, I mean, these waves are huge. I mean, I don't know how big they were, but they were dang near taller than the boat. And we're in this 20-foot um, bay boat, and uh, we're taking on water, taking on waters, trying to pump it all out. And that was probably one of the scaredest I've ever been, so I can kind of relate to you there. Ended up actually driving over a um, an oyster bar, had no idea. Dang. There, there was another boat with us, and they veered way off to the left, and we're like, what are they doing? Like, we got to get in. And apparently we were going, like, right over an oyster bar with these – you know, 10-foot waves that are crashing up and down. That was wild. I oh, was, I'm sure. I was terrified. I mean, especially as, like, a nine-year-old. You're never more alive yeah. than when you're it's almost dead. Awesome. Like, bad conditions on the water are never great. No. Yeah. And very, I feel like they'll very easily, like, you understand the vastness of the ocean or, for instance, one of those big lakes, and you have a whole new appreciation. You're like, damn, like, this thing really could get me. Very uh, true. Very it's true. weird heading out in a bass boat, like, and not being able to see land. Yeah, like that that is like a bit of a feeling. I was never crazy about that anyway, like offshore ocean fishing. Well, I'll, I will never do I'll that. Never I mean, I mean, I'll go if somebody offers me. That's more of my like, all right, well, I might have a couple of drinks. Hope I don't get seasick mm-hmm. and I'm going to throw seeing something what I catch. It's cool, but I'd rather go, you know, jig around a mangrove and catch a couple of nice snook or a redfish for fun. And that offshore stuff's not for me. I don't want I, I want to see land. I yeah, it's scary just thinking like, because you're so dependent on your equipment now. Mm-hmm. If you've got like one outboard motor, what if your battery dies? Or what if your graph goes out and you don't know where you are and you end up going the wrong, you know. You're going to have to call. Like the, I can't look at the sun and know what direction's what. But, you're going to have to call yeah. the healthy, co- the nice healthy men of the Coast Guard to come and pick us up. Yeah. Yeah, so and you're going to have to wait a while. I don't <laughs> like being that dependent on, on <laughs> equipment, you know what I mean? That's crazy. So you're not, you've never been uh, offshore? Nope, don't have no desire to. Um if somebody asked me to, I'd be like, yeah, I'll try it. But the furthest I'd probably go is like 25 miles. I mean, what's out there that I can't catch it? 25 miles. I don't miles. think it's that great either. Yeah. Some people people like what they like. I, must say, I like it. I like hooking on to those big grouper. That is a fun fight. But I like hooking on to a big tarpon too. Yeah. I can have the same experience, different fish, different, different cool picture at the end, but... Yeah. So, uh, Sam, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, you know, do you kind of see yourself getting out of the real estate thing, pushing yourself to really become this full-time fisherman? Um, or, you know, is there ever, do you, do you kind of have a point where you're like, if I haven't made it by this age or whatever, you know, I'll just kind of do my own deal or whatever? So, you fish as long as you can afford it. That's mm-hmm. the only yeah. reason people quit chasing professional fishing is because they just blatantly run out of money. Um, no, I, I would never get rid of my real estate license unless I myself owned so much real estate that I had that much passive income generated that I it didn't just, need it anymore, yeah. which is which is the goal. But even then, I'd keep it anyway. Um, I don't know. And fishing-wise, I mean, everybody, people give you different answers because there is a lot of drama that happens in the fishing world uh, between tours because tours don't get along. Oh, I'm sure they don't. So, to me, the pinnacle is the Bassmaster Elite Series, um, and you have to fish the Bassmaster Opens to qualify for the Elite Series. So my goal would be to fish the Elite Series and then one day win a Bassmaster Classic. I think everybody across the board will give you that same answer. Yeah, that's so, like the, that's the World Series. That's the Super yes, Bowl. That's yes, the that's, yeah. That is the pinnacle of bass fishing for sure. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. I mean, obviously, that's a great goal to have. Just like, for instance, with this podcast, we'd love to be number one on the charts. I mean, it takes I'd time like and dedication. I'd like to be on the charts. You know, <laughs> top 100. Yeah. Uh, the number one, that'd be really, really cool one day down the line, hopefully. You never yeah. know. Um, but 
I would just like to be on there and be like scrolling through and be like, oh, yeah. rule number one. There's Brian Spratt. Nathan Smiler's at 48. Yeah. We can do it. it oh, they're I, one of those things where it's, it, it never stops. Like, I hate to be cliche and say the grind never stops. Oh, this, really, ne- this can't stop. No, it's always something like you can sell $10 million of real estate in a year and be like, okay, next year I want to sell 20. Or you can make the Elite Series and win the Bassmaster Classic and be like, okay, I want to win it again. Yeah. Well, Let's me, go and, back him, to that. You know me I mean? and him are always sitting here or calling each other, texting each other. We're like, all right, what can we do to make the next episode better? What can we do to make this episode better? What can we do to advertise better? You know, it's always you're always on the grind. And like this, it never stops. Like, you can't say, I mean, we could it's our show, but it's going to be a while before we go, all right, guys, we're hanging up the mics. We're going to unplug them for a while and... But it never stops. It it, it won't stop. Well, that's the cool thing about both of our, uh, well, all three of our journeys right now um, is kind of just learning how to adapt and learn from, you know, some of the mistakes you made. Um, And like, for instance, with you and fishing, I mean, you can, you know, I tried this technique or I threw on this lure in this certain situation and, you know, that didn't work. I had a bad day. Let's learn from it and go after it. Same like with us now. I mean, we we could hit on certain points and be like, ah, I don't really like how that flows. So let's try a different strategy. And you just learn and progress, and that's what's kind of cool about, you know, you can always look back at the end of your life and look back at your career and see, like, I knew so little, but I was so excited to learn and try to find my place in the I feel like that's always what you got to do, though. If we you want to be say successful, you either win or you learn. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, if you want to be successful, you're always going to have to be willing to learn everything and Anything. So the tougher question that sometimes we get asked is, do you learn more from winning or losing? Oh, I think you learn more from losing. I think you learn more from losing, too. But there are certain types of win, especially in the baseball world, Mm -hmm. that teach you how to win. Um, Like a walk-off victory, getting somebody on on a base runner, like a walk or something. Or in football, there's wins like that, too. You're like, okay, well. But if you win, you had to have learned a lot. You learned enough to win. Oh, yeah. 100%. You know I, I definitely love winning more than losing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah I, I would agree. Say, I, think you, I think you learn more when you lose as well. Because I think it also gives you, like, that feeling in your heart where you're like, I really, like, I had an opportunity to be successful, and I wasn't. And so let me learn from it, and I don't ever want to feel that again. Yeah. I want to get to that winning. Yeah. So you can break down a lose. You can't, it's hard to break down a win. After yeah. you win, you're like, okay, but what, what did I actually do to win? Yeah. When you lose, you're like, okay, well, I know I did that. That didn't work. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one person that has the key to winning, and that's Nick Saban. And I wish I could sit down with him and have a conversation like, hey, coach, what does it take to win? Yeah, He'd tell you everything. But ultimately, it's going to come down to you, I guess. Yeah, well, person who's dedicated and determined to. What's crazy is, you know, you watch Alabama play football, and we brought up Nick Saban several times. Um, but if you sit down and watch literally just Nick Saban, like for, kind of forget about the game. And anytime he pops up, look at what he's doing. There's times where they're up 40 points with 20 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. And he's about to go ballistic, still demanding perfection. Yeah, And it's like, he has a standard and it, you don't sway from it. I mean, yeah. and as Florida fans, we hate that he's that good, but very true. I'm not a Florida fan, <laughs> but we, he has that. I mean, same with the whole, whole Bill Belichick era and certain coaches just really, they they have a standard, and if you're not on that standard, sorry, bud, you're you got to get Gone. out. Yeah, find a standard that fits for you. I feel like this is a great time to kind of get into our snap questions. Yeah, so I our, agree. Uh, so basically, I mean, what these are, um, they're kind of questions to, for us to kind of get to know Sam more as on a personal level. Um, Off the water, we should say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Brian. Um, so 
one of the questions we've been regularly asking um, people in these snap questions is, Sam, if if you could have three people um, out to dinner, you could ask any three people, dead or alive, throughout the whole world, um, who would they be? Uh, number one is definitely going to be Rodney Dangerfield. If y'all don't know who that is, that's the guy off of Caddyshack. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loud, yeah, yeah. Knocks you off the Caddyshack. He's a renowned comedian, and he's just hilarious. So, I mean, that I'd be walking out of there sweating and crying from laughing so much. <laughs> um, number two, man, there's so many interesting people. None of my answers are going to be fishermen, by the way. Um, That's okay. Number two would probably be Don Johnson from Miami Vice because he's got the best hair I've ever seen in my life, and that's what I strive <laughs> to have. So the entire dinner would just consist of me asking about how how do you get your hair to do that. Yeah. Um, and number three, probably one of my I have a, I've had very very little grandparenting in my life. Uh, my dad's dad and my mom's dad. My mom's mom and dad were both dead when she was sixteen. They died when she was sixteen. Mm, yeah. So I never met any of them, and I never met my dad's dad either. So it would probably be one of my grandfathers that I haven't met. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole nother perspective. That's that's super cool. Even that, though you haven't met them, but it's like kind of that logging where it's like, hey, you could probably tell me some guidance in my life that could really help me out. Well, I'm sure if we have another guest on that's had a traumatic experience like that, they would say the same thing. Like, yeah. I would like to learn from that person. Unfortunately, they passed, but they... Definitely learn something yeah. in the moments. And I'm big on what, like, I like to learn what makes people tick. That's kind of, like, why I like sales so much is I get to learn what people's little hot buttons, as we call yeah. them. Yeah. So, knowing my dad and knowing my mom, two people who di- who uh, tick dramatically different from each other, it'd be cool to meet their parents and mm-hmm. see what Where they, they instilled got. in yeah. my parents to make them how they are, which in turn makes me how I am, because I am exactly like my dad. I mean, mm-hmm. to a T. Anybody who's met my dad will be like, you guys are like twins. <laughs> so, and that's not always a great thing, but you know, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't yeah. have it any other way. I love my dad. He's hilarious. But, um, yeah, so we'll roll on a question too. Um, if somebody gave you $100,000, what are you doing with it? So, any time you can invest it, you can go buy a new truck. What are you I doing? I know. With He's going to go up to that Lakeland fishing store and. No, 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 no. Man, they have them. Um, did you go up there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That place is sweet. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't know. I wish that the amount was more because $100,000 is like no money. Nowadays. Yeah. It's nowadays. <laughs> so that's what we like this question for because it's it's at a point where it's like, dang, that was very nice of you. Thank you. But it's not that much money where it's like life-altering, if you know what I mean. Uh, it's enough yeah, to I mean, invest. Using it correctly, you, you could, but um, I'd probably use it as a pretty big down payment on something that costs more north of a million dollars and then try and make money off of that. Mm-hmm. Like a business or... Yeah. Okay. Or, I mean, real estate. I would definitely invest yeah. in real estate for sure. Okay. So in terms of like real estate, would you say like rental properties or, or are you saying just buy, you know, mm, the not right open now. land or what? Not right now because in Florida, the market's so high, but so yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd probably spend it all on five acres and then build a giant house, you know, like build a 400,000 or a four bedroom house on it and then sell that for, I don't know, three quarters of a mil. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, you being in the industry, do you think it's um, cheaper to uh, build right now or to buy? They're really about the same, which isn't good. It should be cheaper to buy than to build. It shouldn't cost the same to build something brand new than to than to buy something used. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, given given the right, there's a lot that goes into it, a lot of variables that goes into it. But you definitely can build cheaper than buy right now if you do it right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I mean, especially nowadays. Well, Sam. I have another snap question for you. We kind of got rolling right off the start 
you know, with you in the conversation because it just flows so easy. We're so, <laughs> you know, it's fun. And we go down these rabbit holes and have great conversations. Um, but we've got to ask you. It's the Rule 1 Podcast, bud. Ah. Oh, what yeah, is your number one ask. rule to live by? Man, Nathan told me that y'all were going to ask me this, what, like, last week at the bar or something like that. And since then, I've been, like, distraught about it. I'm like, no, Because, dude, I love quotes. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is, why is this the hardest question I've ever been asked in my life? I should have a credo. But I don't. You know, it's my credo. You know what I'm saying? But because uh, I love quotes, like, I would be a I would look like a book if I got a tattoo of every quote that I love, and I want to. But I, I would too. Like yeah, I'd be head to toe. Yeah, and my dad's such a one-liner guy, kind of like Rodney Dangerfield. They've got the best one-liners. It's like, man, you can remember that forever. So I don't know. I've had I tried to narrow it down to a few, but I think the one I'm going to go with is on a, in a Jimmy Buffett song called "Growing Older But Not Up." And in that song, he's talking about how he's overaged and he's sliding into second base and he break a second base and he breaks his leg. So he's saying how he's growing older but not up, but that's not what my my quote is. It would be, uh, I'd rather die while I'm living than live while I'm dead. And, yes, I do have that as a tattoo. So you can interpret that. One more time, one more time for me, slower for me. I'd rather die, die while I'm living than live while I'm dead. I'd rather die while I'm living than live while I'm dead. Yeah, so you can interpret that in different ways. But the way I interpret it is kind of like, you know, die while you're living, live. Go yeah, for it. Travel, you know I mean? Have fun. Uh, yeah. Go for it. the win. Hit 100%. driver off the deck. For 100%. God's sakes, go talk to the girl. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't take your scared. shot. You miss you miss every shot you don't take. Yeah. Like so that that's I like that one. I'm still maybe I'm maybe seventy percent partial to it. There's a couple others. What's your like. thirty? Like what would be your thirty percent? Um so of course there's I'm a big song guy. I like music. So, of course, there's Mary Jane's Last Dance where he says, never grow, never slow down, never grow old. Have that tattooed as well. So do half my friends. And uh, another one, the one I really like, it's just too simple. But in a, in a, in a <laughs> my dad told me it when I was young. And the, the quote is, it's just a pineapple. And so it's kind of a long story, but. There's this guy. <laughs> there's this guy who's growing up. Yeah, we looked at each other. We're like, it's, yeah, a it's pineapple. just it's just a pineapple. What so, kind of deep meaning can I yeah, find right, in that? Right. <laughs> so this guy's growing a pineapple bush, and don't you you would probably know pineapples only grow one per bush per year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My my so, grandpa has some. Yeah. So he does. this guy's growing his pineapple outside of his house, and then like right before he's he's got he's, man, my pineapple's getting right. I'm about to go pick it. I'm about to go pick it. And then right before he goes and pick it, somebody steals the damn thing. I'd and be he's pissed. pissed. Yeah, oh, like yeah, dude, man. The dude is distraught. Because like, I grew this damn pineapple for a year, and I finally got it, and somebody steals it. And his mom comes over one day, and he's bitching about how somebody stole his pineapple. And his mom just said, son, it's just a damn pineapple. Yeah. So that's a, for some reason, that one stuck with me. <laughs> that's, that's a great perspective, <laughs> I like it, yeah. It's just a pineapple. Like, yeah. you can go buy one. You're fine. Like, yeah. But I feel like that's like a guy's perspective. And they're like, we'll get so worked up over something so stupid and we don't even realize how stupid yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not a big deal at all. So it's basically just don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, like go to the grocery store, go get another pineapple. But it's like, it's like that affected me personally. You took my damn pineapple. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, it's because we're men. Just face the facts. because we're men. We have testosterone. That's what I'm makes I'm pretty good about it. letting go. Like, I have to tell, like I tell my girlfriend all the time, if it's not going to matter next week, don't worry about it now. And then she'll kind of calm down. So I have to tell myself the same. Oh, yours would calm down. Mine, if I told mine that quote, she would be like, well, "Easy, easy." She's like, "We're on the air." That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. She'd be like, "Well, I want to talk about it now." That's why we're talking about it now. I'd be yeah. like, 
Well, I want to talk about it next week. Like, give me some time to get my thoughts together. Yeah. I need an outline. I need a game yeah, plan. I, need, I, I need. feel like people and even women will kind of relax if you say the right things to them. The right thing to say to a woman is not relax. Do not tell a woman to relax. It no, work. yeah, it don't work. Smothers, yeah. I think a last good question for our man Sam here would be the one that we asked Trey second in the last episode about what he, you know, Look for in a woman. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you, you have, have a, a girlfriend. Uh, you have a girlfriend, but, you know, what is, we'll say, like, what is your type um, in terms of, like, you know, I don't know if you want to get married or not. I don't know if you want to have kids, but what you want to find a life partner, I'm sure. I mean, obviously, you're, you got a girlfriend. Yeah, but what are you looking going for? anywhere for sure. Um, We're trying to help Smothers out, by the way. Yeah, yeah he's trying, trying to find yeah, a like lucky Smothers lady. needs help. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, number one thing is you got to be, like, just cool. I can't handle the bitching. Like, like, Gabs does not bitch at all, and it's awesome. And sorry, babe, but there's a – I have a, <laughs> like I have a thing camera. I have a thing that I say to people. And it's like when I ask them about their girl, I'm, I'm, I always ask them, do they cook and clean or do they bitch? Because it's <laughs> yeah. one or the other. If they cook and clean, they're going to bitch. And if they don't bitch, they don't cook and clean. So, you know. I got to pay somebody to clean my house. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So, yeah, that's cool. You got to be, you know. I've never heard talk. of that. Dude, I've never I'm heard anybody say that. I swear it's a fact. I mean, every instant, like every occasion, you can turn back to that. If she's bitching, I guarantee they got a clean house. If they don't have a clean house, I bet she's cool. But uh, I know. love that. I've never heard that before. Yeah. That is kind but, of I mean, I feel like that is. That's kind of. I swear to God, it's a fact. <laughs> I mean, I'm really, really on to something. You're sold on this. Oh, big time. You're gonna die on that yeah, hill. It, it worked. I mean, it's a fact. But, uh, <laughs> be cool. I'm not. I be able to talk. Girls need to be able to talk. They can't just look at their phone and you know. Kind of like airhead. Kind of drives me nuts. Yeah. yeah. So being able to talk to her is really cool. Laughing together. Be able to do things together. You know what I mean? Gabs doesn't love fishing. But she'll break down and come with me every once in a while. And then, you you know, she gets out there and she ends up having a good time. I don't have the best time in the world at Disney World. I hate the place. But sometimes you got to do that to make her happy. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I have experiences like that. Like this morning, I had to go to, a, going to Disney World, babe. I had to go to a YMCA basketball game for my girlfriend's little cousin at 9 a.m. In Plant City, an hour away from On my home. On a Saturday home. morning. On a Saturday morning. I'm like, when I'm waking up this morning, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the... You know, uh, hey man, it's just Saturday. Yeah, it's just a pineapple. It's just a pineapple. I got up. You know, I went and had a good time. It was hilarious, dude. I never thought I'd watch nine-year-olds play basketball, but it was the funniest thing I've probably ever watched in my (laughs) Saturday mornings. It was it was great. It was like Saturday morning cartoons. It (laughs) was awesome. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, in my previous relationships, I know where you're coming from, but there's something about being single too. It's kind of like you got that freedom. You don't you have to worry about it. This man's like a flipping quarter over here, dog. We're over here behind the scenes. He's like, you know, I like being single. And then he watches TV and sees, you know, like dang, that does look pretty good. He sees like a romantic (laughs) rom com movie. Like, hey, maybe I should get married. Yeah, a romantic rom com. He's like. I could get that. I could do that. Yeah. I mean, there's things about both, but I, I'm i happy with where I'm at. So. Yeah. I agree. I am, too. Oh, that's saying I'm not knocking either of them. I like, oh, no. you know, being responsible for myself, not having to answer we anybody. We know what you like. But, yeah. <laughs> but I do. I wouldn't mind a nice, healthy relationship. Not No more toxic crap. 
Ladies. <laughs> yeah. He's coming for you. He's Follow me on Instagram at Nathan Smothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, um, I think that's about wraps it up. We're, yeah. uh, we're so we happy. We had a great time. And, yeah, so happy and thankful that you were able to come on and uh, kind of give us a little bit of an experiences that you've had. And, you know, we've learned a lot. Um, I don't know. I didn't know that much about the fishing world, but thank you for coming on and sharing, man. Yeah, man. I had a blast. Thanks yeah, for having Sam. me. Any, any last words? Any, you know, future tournaments? Any locations uh, yeah. coming so here soon? Actually, I start practice tomorrow for the last event of the year on my home lake. So we'll be on Lake Kissimmee. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. local. Yep. You can follow along with that on National Pre- uh, NationalProfessionalFishingLeague.com or NPFL.com. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at BabyWitFish and... Uh, Check out my sponsors on my Instagram page. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah and we'll uh, we'll have we'll be following um, Sam on the Instagram page. The cool thing that we do is every single person that we have on the podcast, we'll follow them back. Um, and so, for instance, you can see me and Brian on there, um, and then you'll have Sam and anybody else that we've ever had on. Yep. So if y'all are looking forward to checking some of uh, Sam's stuff out and staying uh, in contact with him, you can go see him right there. Can so. we? Also, uh, all our socials are Roll the Number One Podcast. We're on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, just about anything you can think of. And we'd love for you all to give us a follow and subscribe. Absolutely. Thank you, Sam, so much for coming. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, we'll see y'all next week. All right. Oh, hey, we've got one thing, guys. Happy Halloween. Yeah. (laughs) It's Halloween. Yeah. Time to go have some fun. All right, we're going to edit that. All right, guys. (laughs)